Welcome to the Love You More podcast. I am your host, Jen McDaniel, and oh, one year. It's actually a little bit past one year, one year of making the choice not to drink alcohol. And um, I guess I wanted to share a little bit about not the decision as to why I I stopped drinking alcohol. You can listen to that in episodes that I've done in the past. But I wanted to share a little bit about what it was like to be one year without it and maybe what I'm going to do next. Um, I can assuredly say giving up alcohol was probably one of the top best choices I've made thus far in my life. When I quit, I didn't have a problem. Um, In fact, I was drinking less than I had ever drank before. I was probably, I mean, it was the holidays, right? My last day of drinking was December the 17th. And I remember on Thanksgiving, I barely really had much to drink. And then in December, with all the holiday parties, I had like a cocktail, half a cocktail. The last night I did drink something, I was at uh, my husband's friend's house and I ordered a dirty martini because that's one of my favorites. And um, PJ brought it to me and I had like a couple of sips and I put it down and I was like, yeah, I think that's it. Someone told me or asked me when I quit drinking, aren't you worried um, that people are going to think that you had a problem by the way that you're putting posts up on social media? And um, my response was, I, I don't really care about that. Um, I don't care if someone wonders if I had a problem. Honestly, my journey was a personal journey, but the reason why I shared my personal journey is because I have had so many people reach out to me thus far and say things like, you know, your path and you sharing your path has really been helpful to me. And that is the reason why I share so much on social media. And I get people, you know, I don't, we all share the, to the point that we're comfortable in social media. And honestly, if I feel just a little bit vulnerable when I share something, I kind of know I, I've hit my sweet spot. Um, because as I've said on multiple podcasts before, I really want my platform on social media to be one that's honest and true and also one that just shows the humanity of of life and the challenges that I might go through that someone else might resonate with and be supported by. So yeah, I did I have a problem? I do think at certain points in my life, when I started drinking some some point in high school up until up, you know, till today, there were times in my life in which drinking, yes, I used it inappropriately and and I depended upon it. Uh I depended upon it more than I wanted to. But since I have quit drinking, some of the things that have occurred for me, I think number one, the largest and most important thing is somehow not drinking allows me to get to know myself better. And I don't attribute everything that I'm going to say to just not drinking because it's really not the act of not drinking where this growth occurs. It's like what not drinking opens up the potential for, which is what really allows the growth 
to happen. So like an example of that might be if I'm never hungover, if I'm never feeling guilt or anxiety due to drinking, then I'm living a life that allows me to spend more time in quiet, curiosity, exploration, and to do all of those things so much more consistently than I have ever done before. If not drinking allows me to sleep better at night, then for me to wake up every day, most days, unless I'm sick or unless a child crawled into my bed. Um, But for the most part, like I don't have too many disruptions. And so I'm waking up and I'm sleeping better. And when you sleep better, other things in life start to happen better too. When you are never hungover or when alcohol doesn't get in the way, you are able to have relationships that feel more authentic. Um, I can remember relationships with, you know, or, or I'm sorry, conversations with maybe PJ where, you know, I was a little bit hungover or something happened at a party where I was drinking. I didn't see things as clearly. And so I might pick a bone with some with him about something. And that doesn't really happen because now I just see everything as it is. I don't have this cloud over my eyeballs that kind of keeps me from seeing with that clarity. So there's just a lot that happens that is unexpected when you stop drinking that builds upon itself, that really helps you to get to know yourself better. And I have seen myself grow in confidence in my life. I have seen anxiety not play such an such a big role. And um, I don't miss it really. You know, I, I know, I, I I think I'm, un- I don't think I'm unique in that. I think people all have all sorts of different experiences when they quit drinking. You know, for some people, it's pretty easy. For some people, it's really hard. For some people, it's ups and downs, roller coaster. But I will say for me, it's, it's actually been, it's actually been pretty easy. And even when I think about having a drink, I, um, it doesn't, it's just like a quick fleeting moment, right? It's just, it's just, oh yeah, what would it be like if I had a glass of wine tonight? Um, And then I think, yeah, it would taste good and I'm sure I would enjoy it and I would remember that buzz. Someone told me recently too, and I, I'm pretty sure the person that told me this, if I'm remembering with some sense of accuracy, (laughs) that um, this perhaps was true, but like, Wherever you left off with drinking, when you start back, you kind of enter right where you left off. So it's not like you enter with this like clean slate with a body that's never had alcohol before. I don't know. That 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 strikes me as interesting to think about that. And probably this podcast will go out sometime in January when people are doing dry January. And I applaud that. I applaud people who do dry January. And beforehand, um, I sort of didn't like that all or nothing approach um, because I felt like, oh, it's just like anything else. We're just going to like the, uh, what's the diet that, um, the whole 30 diet, right? Like 
Whole 30, people give up food groups and they feel great. And then eventually they start eating those foods again. And they remember that they felt great when they were not eating those things. But, you know, as a dietitian, I'm always like, well, we don't really know. Like when you give up so many things at once, you're not really for sure what is responsible for making you feel better. And most of the time, what's responsible for making you feel better is that you, um, you're just eating, you're eating better to, in general. And, we tend to do things in, you know, pairs. So like if I'm exercising more, I might be eating better to support that exercise. So anyway, going back to, I work a lot with my clients in black and white thinking and all or nothing. And sometimes my clients will even label themselves. Oh, I just, I'm either all on, I'm all in or I'm all out, you know? And um, I always try to challenge them in that because I, you know, maybe we can find areas in their life where that's not true. You know, it's just that certain areas in their lives, they've labeled themselves as that. And then they started thinking of themselves as that and identifying themselves in that. And then there they are. So anyway, I saw dry January as like another black and white kind of thinking all or nothing. And instead of just thinking about moderation, but alcohol is different, you know, alcohol is not like food in that way. And you can't just give food up. Um, and for many, many people, moderation is achievable. You know, there's a lot of people who have a, an incredibly healthy relationship with alcohol and it's great. I I love that. You know, I love that for them. Um, but dry January, the research has really shown that people do drink less each time they take a long break. Because I think it gives, when we string a day after a day after a day without alcohol, it gives the body the chance to really adjust and to clear, clean it out and for the the alcohol to stop kind of wearing us down. That's how I saw alcohol. It was just sort of wearing me down. You know, it was wearing me down from not getting the sleep. It was wearing me down from a mental perspective. And it was wearing me down from a day-to-day energy level. It's like, why am I choosing this thing? Every other area in my life, you know, it's got a sense of balance, right? I, I I eat pretty nourish, you know, how should I say this? I I eat in a way that makes me feel good. I exercise in a way that makes me feel good. Um, and by good, I mean supportive. Um, and I sleep in a way that feels supportive and I'm working on my relationships in a way that feels supportive and my work and spirituality and all that stuff. But alcohol was just like one of those things that was like, Oh, I just can't figure out the right balance with this one. And it just seems like it has so many more downsides than upsides. So anyway, I think I've gone on five different tangents after talking about dry January, but I think dry January allows us to be able to string together multiple days to be able to have some of those feelings of this is how my body feels when I'm not on alcohol and I actually really like this. And and it gives you the chance to prove to yourself that you can do it, right? Because I think that was another thing with many of my start and stops of alcohol. Um, and I see this with my own clients. Like my clients will tell me that they want to, you know, drink less and then they want to take, you know, they really want to take a break and then they find themselves drinking again and they they feel shame around that. I mean, there's zero shame around that. You know, there's a reason why we make these choices. And for the most part, like when we're ready to do something, we will be ready to do something. You will know when it's the right time. And we have to give ourselves permission to get there. And so that was me. I mean, I tried to stop drinking so many times. And um, then I would just, you know, re-enter my life somehow and no big deal. So I don't 
I don't think there's anything wrong with that unless you have a, you know, a, unless you have been diagnosed with alcohol use disorder or, you know, alcoholism or any of that. I think for most people, if they're just wanting to quit for the healthy benefits that can come from not drinking more or drinking less, then you might start and stop and you might not ever 100% stop. And that's okay because most likely you're finding a healthier place with it. But um, what else have I noticed? I think I've noticed also just a sense of uh, of calmness that I've been able to c- connect with more. And again, there's been so many different things that I've done this past year that could be partly responsible for that, whether it's spending more time in quietude, whether it's um, a plant-based medicine retreat that I went on, whether it's a coach that I'm working with. But I certainly just kind of feel like I've, I have a better sense of calmness and PJ also has verified that for me. You know, when I ask, like we all went out to dinner on December 17th, we went to, um, we went out to Pueblo Solis, which is one of my favorite little restaurants that I used to go to in graduate school. It's this delicious Mexican restaurant, um, in the neighborhood that I first moved to here in St. Louis. And, um, and then we went and looked at the the lights in uh, Candy Cane Lane, which is the neighborhood, right that I that I was that I moved to. So anyway, it was really sweet, and I made sure to tell the kids like what we were celebrating. You know, this is a dinner to celebrate me making a, ch- a choice not to drink alcohol, and um, I tried to share a little bit about you know one of the reasons why I I did choose t- to stop drinking alcohol is because I really wanted my boys to be able to see that. You can have a lot of joy. You can have a lot of fun without it. And here I am at this restaurant where, which is known for its margaritas and every other table around us is certainly enjoying those. And yeah, there's a little bit of me that like wanted it, but I just, I really don't miss it anymore. It was fine. It was great. Um, And so I told them, you know, you're going to find your own, your own journeys with this stuff. And my goal, obviously, is for you not to drink until your brain is ready to have alcohol in it. I read this quote the other day, and um, I'm reading this book called The Emotional Lives of Teenagers, as my son Jack is 12, and he's starting to change, and I'm noticing those changes. And, you know, you think you kind of understand, but these books really help help shed a light on what's happening for them as they change. But anyway, there was a quote in there that said, like, the brain stops maturing when or, – or, or, or let me get this right. When a, when a child or a teenager starts abusing alcohol, drugs, whatever, the brain stops at that point maturing. And uh, it's, it's – it, anyway, so, so they were talking about that in the context of, you know, when you're working with an adult who might have an addiction, you always ask them, when did you first start drinking? Because that kind of gives you an, an understanding of when the brain might have really started halting in its ability to fully develop. And um, – yeah, I just, I really want to be transparent with my boys. I want to be open. I want to have these conversations, but I also don't want them to see me as someone who, you know, has to be perfect in this to be able to do it. And um, I've been told, in, you know, by family members at one point, oh, you're such a perfectionist, blah, blah, blah. And, um, you know, labels aren't really that helpful 
but I do think that, yeah, there's, I, I do seek, I'm, I'm always kind of curious about self-development. That's just kind of my area of curiosity and I enjoy it. I really enjoy it. And so maybe you call it perfectionism or maybe you call it curiosity around what is it like to live a certain way? And that's how, how I choose to think about it. But anyway, I don't want my kids to think that they don't, they should never drink. Um, I just want them to know why the, the, the laws are set the way they are, why the rules are set the way they are for some to some sense of understanding and also an understanding of any kind of alcoholism, you know, that might come in our genes. Um, and just be really open about all that stuff. I think that's helpful just to have these ongoing conversations without feeling like you're shoving it down their throats. So anyway, I'm trying to strike the right balance with that. And as parents of teenagers, that's always an ongoing, you know, that's always an ongoing challenge is trying to figure out when and how to have these conversations. So I think the other thing that I've really noticed since I stopped drinking was that everything in life just feels a little bit more alive and joyful. Um, it seemed like when I was drinking, there was a lot more highs and lows. Like the highs were getting to go out and have drinks. The highs were getting to go out and go out to dinners and have drinks. The highs were Friday nights to have some drinks and dinner. And that's not to say that the highs weren't my son's birthday parties or my highs weren't um, a great day at work. Yeah, those there there were highs too, but then it was just like I don't know. It just seemed there was maybe more of a sense of chore, sense of duty, sense of oh, I got to do this, I got to do this. Oh, that's not going to be that much fun if I can't have a glass of wine in my hand. Now everything just has a different baseline. The highs aren't quite as high, the lows aren't quite as low. It feels like I'm just enjoying the everyday stuff more. I'm getting more out of the everyday stuff. And that's fun. You know, it's really nice. Just playing a game of cards with my kids. Or the only thing that I still don't really enjoy is bedtime. <laughs> I'm always trying to get downstairs by 8 p.m. <laughs> Just want a little time at the end of the day for myself. I want a little time at the beginning. I want a little time at the end. Um, but anyway, I I will probably do future podcasts here and there about not drinking, but I don't really see myself now at the end of this year. I don't see myself drinking anytime soon. Um, there was a woman at our dinner on Christmas Eve, an older woman um, on my husband's side of the family. And I don't know, she's probably like maybe mid 90s, but she just wanted a little glass of wine with dinner. And I can see myself maybe being that woman someday, you know, just the occasional glass of wine with a special fancy dinner. I think there might be room for that somewhere down the road, but just not there yet. Um, I don't really have the desire to. Maybe it'll be like a fancy, you know, mocktail that I'm making. Um, I did a radio, I'm sorry, I did a television segment the day after my one year anniversary, which was really cool because um, the host asked me to speak about making holiday mocktails. And when I got to the set, there was the other guest there was someone that I knew. She was a physical therapist and she had brought one of her colleagues who was younger than us. She's probably, I don't know, mid twenties. And the colleague was mentioning to me how she had gone to her holiday party over Thanksgiving and, and so many of her friends 
at this Thanksgiving party, like weren't drinking. And the host was like, my gosh, like no one's drinking. This is like, I just didn't expect it. I had all this alcohol and like, no one's even drinking. And I was like, that's so awesome. Uh, I, because I thought, I think it's awesome because I do feel like generations behind us are becoming interested in taking care of themselves better. And that includes you know, what they ingest. And so whether it's food or drink or whatever, and it was just like, gosh, maybe this new generation behind us will just do less of this stuff. You know, they want to like be there for themselves and they want to be present to their lives and they just, they're wanting more. And I, I know that that's not the total norm and there's plenty of underage drinking and plenty of, you know, college age drinking that's going on and whatever, but I don't know. I just feel like, yeah, that was fun to hear that. And it was also fun to go on television and talk a little bit about my alcohol-free journey and to make a delicious sparkling cranberry kombucha mocktail on TV. So anyway, that was a fun way to celebrate. But I am here, like if any of these conversations have ever struck a chord with you and you're wanting to drink less and you don't have to want to give it up, but you're just maybe wanting to drink less, like please know I would love to hear from you, whether it's an email, a direct message over in social media, um, you know, reaching out to me through our team, whatever. I just, it's really been fun for me to help people, not even help people, that's not the right word, but just to kind of like share, share with others, like what's going on, share with my experiences, share any ups and downs. I mean, there were some downs, like I've Certainly not like an easy road all the time. There's definitely times where you get triggered and you're the only one at a small dinner party not drinking and you feel kind of left out of the conversation somehow at the end of the night. There's lots of that kind of stuff too. But gosh, I guess it's easier for me to focus on the positive because there just seems to be so much more positive. But I am here if you want to chat ever. Um, this is something that I care deeply about and I actually really like talking about it and exploring what works for each other and how we can be there for each other. So anyway, happy one year to me. As Snoop Dogg says, I want to thank me. I want to thank me. I forget all the things he says in that. But it's so funny. If you don't know what I'm talking about, make sure that you Google Snoop Dogg and thank you and you will get a good chuckle. All right, friends. Love you more. Mm-hmm.